Welcome to the Lovish Podcast, a practical weekly podcast centered on mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Now, sis, I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. again for another episode of the lovish podcast um i think it was november last time we did a live for the show we had so much fun we had people join us um and so i decided to do it again because you guys were like oh my gosh i love being able to comment and talk to you live so i am super excited about this episode if you are not shy and you don't mind me putting your comments, your names or whatever on the screen, you are free to pop comments in in the chat area if you would like. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, you guys know I always give a disclaimer. You can head on over to my YouTube channel if you would like to watch this video live because we are streaming it live and it did come out last week on the YouTube channel. As you can see on the screen, today we're talking about thriving after trauma. So if you've been keeping caught up on all of this hot tea, honey, then you know we've been talking about your process and why your process is necessary. We've been talking about trauma bonds. We've been talking about um, a lot of things that don't really feel good. Okay, so we have the working housewife checking in from Joliet. She says that she's drinking homemade coffee. I heard that, sis. Your girl just got a new Keurig, okay? And with the new Keurig, we've been doing more coffee at home, but also haven't really been out of the house like that. So anyway, we have the working housewife checking in from Joliet. If anybody else wants to let us know where they're checking in from, so I can pop it up on the screen. We can do that. Okay, so uh, y'all just, I hope y'all came with y'all edges laid because per usual, we're jumping into trauma. Now, the reason why I titled this episode Thriving After Trauma is because I think when we think about trauma, we think just the bare minimum. How do I get through living in my trauma, you know, after my trauma? How do I even want to get out of bed after trauma? And these are really good questions, you know, okay, to be asking and considering, you know, as we survive trauma, right? These are great questions, but I titled the episode Thriving because it is possible to thrive. It is possible to have an amazing life after something really negative happened to you. Okay, we have Aaron. Aaron is checking in from Bolingbrook. Hey, sis, I see you out here, hunty. Good to have you as well as we are doing the show. So, Moving along, that's why I decided to title it 
thriving after trauma because baby girl, we don't want you to just live. We don't want you to exist. We don't want you to stop at getting out the bed. No, we want you to thrive. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We have Amber checking in from Chicago and she is drinking some purified water. There is nothing wrong with purified water. Okay. Cause I love me some water just as much as I love the coffee and the tea. Okay, y'all gonna see me looking down a couple of times because I have notes because this is a 30 plus year old brain, sis. Let's just keep it real, okay? So more of us have experienced trauma than we think. I think um, mental health resources and things like that are becoming more widely known about because there's been like a movement to raise awareness around mental health and mental wellness. But in reality, more of us have underlying trauma than we actually realize. More of us are struggling with traumatic incidents that may have happened to us in our childhood than we actually realize, right? And so the first thing it's important to note really to call trauma what it is, right? Like if you had an experience that made you feel really uncomfortable and you maybe never told anybody, or let's say you did tell somebody and that person was not really responsive to you in being when you were being vulnerable, essentially. So example, you go to somebody, you say, Hey, you know, this person made me really uncomfortable and I felt like X, Y, Z. And they're like, Oh girl, just get over that. That ain't nothing. That might've caused you to miscategorize your trauma as I'm too sensitive. I need to get over it. When in reality, the other person should have been just as sensitive you know, in that situation. So I think that there might've been a lot of experiences for us where we think to ourselves, oh, that wasn't a traumatic experience. I was just being X, Y, Z. And then now in adulthood, you're looking back and you feel like, huh, okay, maybe that was a traumatic experience and I wasn't really aware of it. The important thing to note about trauma is Another person can't say that you've experienced trauma. You are the person that says whether an event was traumatic or not. So I know some of us walk around like, oh yeah, that was just blah, blah, blah. But I want you to take a real assessment, right? Um, last week's episode, we talked about whether you have been in a relationship where a trauma bond was present or not. And I know I got a lot of uh, listeners that were saying that, that episode was really powerful for them because there was a lot of things that they weren't aware presented themselves as a result of maybe a previous trauma bond or a current trauma bond. So things to be mindful of when we're talking about thriving after trauma. Trauma can be big and little events. It doesn't have to be something as huge as Hurricane Katrina or a car accident Hey, we have somebody else checking in. We got Miss Tiffany checking in. Let us know where you are from, Tiffany. Happy to have you on the broadcast today. So those who know our trauma might have failed to address it properly, like we just talked about. So there's the one where they may say you're too sensitive, but then there's the other piece of trauma where it's like, okay, I know that something happened but I'm still not going to do what needs to be done because my mom didn't do it for me. 
Okay, so Tiffany says that she is checking in from Winterville, North Carolina. Okay, happy to have you, sis. An example of the someone not doing something, trigger warning here, trigger warning is let's say one of the more common ones, unfortunately, if we have a young girl or a teenage girl who tells her mom that she was sexually assaulted and her mom's like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, she hugs you. She's really sensitive to it. Maybe she lets you talk about it that night, but she doesn't take you to go to the proper resources so that you can heal. That's not okay. <laughs> you know, or maybe she never talks about it again. Also, that's not okay. And I'm not saying that's not okay to throw shade to the mom because of course there's no rule book with parenting, but we also have to be real about the things that contribute to the trauma that we package away and carry baggage into our adult lives, okay? We got to be very open about that. And if you are a mama and you're listening and you happen to do that, there is still space. As long as you have breath in your body, your child has breath in their body, there's still space for you to go back and correct that thing. And if you are a mama where something like that just happened to your child, it is perfectly okay to one, be afraid and then to two, do it afraid, do the thing afraid, taking your child to the correct resources, to the appropriate resources so that your child and you can heal properly. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about maybe somebody knowing about your trauma, but not necessarily responding in the right way. And I'm going to get on self-care for a minute, y'all. <laughs> y'all know I love self-care. Y'all know I am all about self-care. I'm all about wellness routines, right? But you can't self-care away your trauma, baby girl. You can't do that. That's not how we thrive. Self-care can come after trauma a little bit down the line. But what I mean is you can't just act like it never happened and just yeah, let me go take some bubble baths. Let me take myself on a shopping trip. Let me bury this away and go do fill in the blank for whatever your trauma and your self-care response is. A lot of us try to self-care it away. A lot of us try to say, you know, I need to protect my energy and my peace. And honey, <laughs> again, nothing wrong with that. But you have to make sure that you are healing first and foremost. So I told you guys in a couple of my posts on social media that I would have four tips for you in terms of ways to thrive. So our first thing is we have to be honest about the fact that it happened and then we have to make room for it acknowledging it and making room for it, regardless of how uncomfortable it is, so that you can get through the healing. So the first tip that I have for you in terms of thriving after trauma is honoring who you had to be. Okay. Like if we are being real here, I'm going to explain this and then I'm going to take some comments. If we're being real here, you know, trauma changes you. It changes your mindset. It changes your thought process. It, it, it changes all of that. And sometimes it changes you for positive ways. And sometimes it changes you in negative ways. So 
if it changed you for those negative ways and you did some things that you weren't proud of because you were trying to navigate through your trauma, I still need you to honor who you had to be. Who you had to be was very important because that woman got you to where you are today, okay? I'm gonna pause right here and we're gonna take some comments. We have Sarah checking in. Hi, love, how are you, sis? Let us know where you are checking in from. And then Tiffany says, correct, you have to deal in order to heal. Avoidance does more damage, absolutely. So we can't stuff our trauma down. We can't pretend like our trauma never happened. We gotta deal with our trauma in order to heal so that we don't take extra baggage. So I wanna give, y'all know we do a lot of real talking on this show, right? I want to um, give another example of honoring who you had to be. So let's say that trigger warning, trigger, trigger, trigger is gonna be triggers all throughout this episode, you guys. So if you are not healed and you're not ready to listen, that's perfectly fine. You can push pause and come back later or whatever you need to do. But let's say that you are a female that was consistently molested by someone who either used to babysit you or you were in the same house with them. You had to have consistent contact with them. So perhaps as a result of that, maybe some of the revenge behavior was you used to steal things from them or you used to break some of their stuff because you were so angry at them. You know, maybe you had these behaviors that were really outside of your character, but because you were so frustrated at the time and you didn't know how to navigate through your trauma, you did some things that were outside of your character. And maybe you're ashamed of that today. Because if the church folk knew, honey, <laughs> no, some of the church folk judge and church folk, we got to do better. But in reality, church folk not supposed to judge, right? Because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what the word of God says, right? So honor who you had to be. That's point number one. That's what I want y'all to remember. Honor who you had to be. And for those that are watching this live, if you have any comments, questions, or anything like that, please feel free to pop it up on the screen or in the chat if you are okay with me popping it on the screen to answer your questions. So that's tip number one, honoring who you had to be. Tip number two to thrive after trauma, make room for who you are becoming. I cannot tell you how many women I have in my office all the time that are terrified, terrified because yes, I made it through this trauma, but I'm in this in-between stage and I don't know where I'm headed in the future and I'm scared. I'm scared of who I am gonna be. Who am I without my trauma? And I think you guys have heard me say that before on the podcast and maybe on a couple of lives that one, your trauma does not define you. It is a part of your story. It is a part of your life experiences, but it is not the whole person of who you are. And so when we're talking about making room uh, for who you are becoming, that's in spite of the fear in spite of the anxiety and in spite of the hesitation. Because if we keep it all the way 100 in the streets, honey, it can be terrifying. 
It can be terrifying to be the first person to step out in your family and break a generational curse of molestation, to, to break a generational curse of poverty, to step outside of the norm for your family and do something different, to be the one that's bold enough to say, yes, this person molested several people in the family, but I am going to be the one to stop it because I'm going to stand up and say that they shouldn't be allowed to do that. And I said this person because we have a misconception that it's always a man. It's not always a man. It can be females too. And there's a lot of stuff that kids have picked up or learned that we don't categorize as molestation that fits into the category of molestation. So we have to be aware and we have to, you know, be open and honest about that. And so making room for who you're becoming could mean one, going to therapy and being okay with whatever comes out of that, allowing yourself to be a more sensitive person. I know for me personally, when I was growing up, I was always hearing, you are always mad. You stay getting mad. You mad, 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 mad. And honestly, I probably was like super frustrated because I didn't have the words to say what I needed to say, to express what I needed to express, to be real about what was happening in me, right? I, I, I was totally unaware of that. I didn't have the particular language. So when people would say things to me and do things to me, I would just respond out of frustration. And that, re that frustration often came with the hands. Hello. <laughs> The frustration came with the hands and it came with the mouth, cussing people out, honey. Okay. So making room for who you are becoming. On the flip side of having the hands and the mouth, who I am now becoming is to embrace that sensitive part of me that was stuffed down because everybody said, you always mad, you always this, you always that. Because one thing about me when I get very frustrated, I cry. So, you know, folks over here saying stuff and they're like, oh my God, she's like crying because you hurt her feelings. And yes, that is part of it. But the other part is I'm also crying so that the Holy Spirit holds these hands back from reacting. Anybody else got them type of tears? <laughs> we got to pause right here. I see we have a comment. Okay, Sarah is checking in from Florida. She says she's doing great and showing lots of love and support. What you're doing is amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. I am so happy to have you here. I'm happy to have everybody here that is on the live so that we can have these real raw discussions and really start the process of healing within our communities and within our households and mostly within our churches, within our churches. Okay. Uh, why we act like the church, not a hospital? Why we act like only perfect people go to church? No, if we was all perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. Y'all know y'all heard me say that before. <laughs> okay. Before I give you uh, tip number three, we are going to um, take a break. But just before we take a break, we have Niasha checking in. Niasha said, embracing the sensitive parts. That's a whole word, okay? Yes, Niasha. Shout out to you, sis. <laughs> 
But it's true, embracing the sensitive parts because so many times, especially as women of color and black women, we are afraid to embrace our sensitive side. Also because society paints the picture angry black woman. Maybe we angry because y'all steady calling us angry. How about that? That's like telling somebody to calm down all the time. And what you think they're going to do? Not calm down. Aaron says, amen. Sarah says, yes, it is okay to grieve your old self, but embrace the you who is healing. 100%. Okay, squad, y'all better come through with these comments. Yes, uh, on point. All right, ladies and listeners, we are going to pause and take a break and have a word from our sponsor for this episode. Hey, sis, did you know that women of color are three times more likely to develop chronic illnesses than their peers? And that number doubles for working women and caregivers. Oh, child, I don't know about you, but I am tired of seeing black and brown women overworked, overwhelmed and stressed out, compromising on our quality of life. You know that relaxed feeling you get when you're at Sunday brunch spilling all the piping hot tea and it feels so wonderfully therapeutic? Yeah, girl. That's how our participants say it feels to be at our events. Girl, we see you, we get you, and we have created an intimate space just for you. Consider this your personal invitation to join us for the Pink Emerald Retreat. At this three-day intimate weekend retreat for recovering strong friends, high-performing career women, and boss babes, you're going to walk away with a stronger sense of peace, customized plan of action for daily living, and a unique blueprint to help you walk more confidently in your God-given assignment. I can't wait to meet you, boo. Click the link in the show notes to apply for the retreat today. Okay, I know y'all saw that um, whole retreat commercial and listeners, you listening. I This goes perfectly with the episode for today because a lot of the women that attended the retreat said that they were scared, of course, like it's normal to be afraid, to be nervous when you're about to go on a whole weekend retreat and meet people you don't know. And side note, y'all, you all get your own rooms when you go to the retreat. But the vulnerability that you get, like for people who see you for who you are, and they they make space and room and encourage you to cry and to be yourself and to feel all the feelings like that they were like is a feeling you can't really capture so they came with fear but left that uh last shot of the video where we were all hugging in a circle that was the last day of the retreat so and a lot of people did not know each other so that is what you can gain from relationships when you allow yourself to make room for who you're becoming. Because a lot of women unburdened, right? They were talking about stories and feelings and things that had come up that they had never even shared with other people. 
So that's honoring who you had to be because, you know, we spilled some tea there too. And there's no shade if that's who you had to be, making room for who you're becoming. And then number three is going to be allowing yourself to see beyond your trauma lens. This is so important. It's so important. And it's also why you have to make room for your healing because you will carry your baggage from your trauma into other relationships. Now, that's not to say that you will never be triggered or things won't come up or, you know, fill in the blank, but you have to be able to see the beauty of the world beyond your trauma lens. So for example, you know, I'm not sure whose brains do this or (laughs) whose brains don't do this, but one of my experiences growing up in a um, at-risk neighborhood, we'll put it, poverty-stricken neighborhood, whatever cute term you want to throw on it, and having to walk to school and catch the bus at like 5 a.m., was me always being mindful of my surroundings, which, okay, everyone should be mindful of their surroundings, but I mean, to a heightened level. I mean, gangways that are pitch black, I'm watching. I mean, my keys in between my fingers because I'm ready. I mean, vans that are driving by being really aware of that. So that was part of the past And, you know, learning about girls getting kidnapped, people randomly getting shot, randomly getting beat up, et cetera. That was part of my upbringing. Still to this day, as a woman in my 30s, I'm straight on a van, sis. (laughs) Like I am able to see the beauty of life beyond that. And I no longer am like, necessarily afraid of walking past gangways and things like that. But them vans though, mm-mm, sis, I will walk an extra long distance to avoid parking next to a van, especially a van without windows, right? That's me being real with y'all. That's me being vulnerable with you. But I'm able to recognize that that's part of my trauma lens, right? So I'm trying my best not to stereotype people that get out of vans like that. I was at Hobby Lobby the other day because, you know, sis got to get up on the decor. Hello. (laughs) I was at Hobby Lobby the other day and um, a van pulled in front of me. I was like sitting in the car, putting on my mask and stuff about to go in and a van pulled directly in front of me and my brain started going. My trauma lens started going, right? And the man got out of the van and then he went around to the back of the van and it was a white van with no windows, y'all. And the one where you look straight through and there's like a a door in between the driver and whatever is in the back. So my trauma brain was going. And when the man hopped up out the car, I said, okay, Sita, like pipe down, sis. The man is not like about to do nothing. And he was a vendor. He got snacks from out the back of his van and walked inside of the store next to Hobby Lobby. So that's not to say people don't be kidnapping people out here in broad daylight. Like it's not to say, you know, be silly or whatever It's to say, use discernment. And it's to say that sometimes in those real moments, if you want to learn to thrive after trauma, you have to allow yourself to see life 
for what it is to see the beautiful parts of life again. Now that's my example, you know, other people have other examples, but that's how I had to walk myself through stereotyping this man just because he's driving a van, yo. All right, let's get to the fourth one because it's the most important one. And again, if you have any questions or comments, this is the time to leave your questions about thriving after trauma, comments, etc. Because this is the very last pointer. Okay. The last one is allowing God to be God and heal you in whatever way that comes. I'm going to say that again. Allow him to be God and heal you in whatever way that comes. And it's so important for us to emphasize whatever way that comes because healing don't always come like we think it should. Sometimes healing comes from you feeling like you're losing everything first only to discover that in that situation where you felt like you were losing everything, that's actually the situation God uses to heal you. So whatever way it comes, allowing God to be God. Because one thing about it, the Holy Spirit knows exactly who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what you're avoiding. He knows what's on your mind. And we do nobody around us or ourselves any good when we try to run away from God. And, um, I know a thing or two about running. (laughs) I'm working on it, you know, but that if I'm being real, that's like my first response when it comes to hard life situations. And by running, I don't mean anything extreme. I mean, just tuck it into a ball and being like, Lord, can we talk about this tomorrow? Can we pray about this? maybe next week or whatever. Can you just like do something about it? And I don't have to do anything like, or the opposite part of running thinking we got it all under control, trying to take control of situations, trying to do too much. sis, And then we make it into bigger situations than what it had to be. So no more running, allowing God to be God and allowing God to be God also is like, If something hurts, taking that hurt to him, you know, if something doesn't feel good, if somebody did something to you, you know, really just being honest with God about what that feels like, right? I'm going to give y'all a heads up for the month of um, February, we are talking about relationships, Now, of course, everybody talks about relationships, but we're talking about relationships of all kinds and relationship expectations and how to evaluate your relationships. And we're talking about high value relationships. So make sure you tune into that part, but working through your trauma, your issues, the things that come up. And even if you have present day trauma or present day things that cause you to be sensitive, taking that to God and being aware of that so that you can show up as the best you in your relationships. Okay. So those are the four things that I have for you. So really quick recap, honor who you had to be making room for who you are becoming, allowing yourself to see beyond the trauma lens and allowing God to be God. Okay, I see a comment here. 
um, or a question. Niasha says, could you explain more on tip number one, honor the person that you had to become? Absolutely. So going back to tip number one and honoring the person that you had to become, that is talking about, um, like say for example, okay, I'm about to run y'all down a, a semi-long scenario. But essentially, if you are in a position where, you know, you suffer some abuse, some physical abuse, uh, let's say very extreme example, but not so much. We don't call it pimping, but let's say you got pimped out when you were a kid by your family members, you know. And so who you may have had to become in that situation was a person that honestly fought people to get away, that bashed somebody's head in, you know, that stabbed somebody, that maybe you went to jail, you know, maybe you had to steal things so you could eat. So I'm talking about all of those extreme, and I say extreme because, you know, we like to be like, "Eh, that's not me. I would never. And a lot of us have some hazy past. Thank God for Jesus. Hello. Um, But those are the examples that I'm talking about. You know, if that was an experience that you went through, you were in a traumatic event that was repeated trauma, or even after a traumatic event took place that may have only happened one time. And you felt like this is what I had to do to get away. I had to stab this person to get away. I had to, I was going to starve if I didn't steal this. Like these are things that are outside of your character, outside of who you are now as a person. And you feel like I was this bad person. Side note, no bad people, only bad choices. I was this bad person and I made these bad choices and I can't forgive myself for that. So if you want to learn to thrive after experiencing trauma, you're going to have to forgive yourself for that. And forgiving yourself for that means that you honor who you were. So let's just go back to that really extreme example of the person who had to stab somebody to get away. Like you would not be who you are today if you hadn't gotten away from that situation. You'd likely be dead, right? Or the person who had to go steal something so that they could eat. You wouldn't be here today as this person to share a testimony, to do all the wonderful things that you do for the people in your life had you not done what you needed to do. Your brain was in survival mode. So you have to forgive yourself for the things that you did in survival mode to get you to where you are today. I see another comment. Okay. Niasha says, okay, that makes sense. So what I have been loving this week has been my moments with God. If you know anything about me, y'all know sis is a major night owl, right? I do not enjoy getting up early. Like it's a no, it's literally for the birds. But I have been sensing the Holy Spirit drawing me and calling me to wake up earlier just so that I could have more solid, defined time with him because I would have time in the evening, my time with God in the evening. Um, But he was challenging me to go back to mornings because I used to get up at 5 a.m. when I was working um, and then... I got pregnant and had a kid that struggles with sleeping at night. And I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) So Holy Spirit called me to get back up at 6 a.m. And in getting back up at 6 a.m., 
when I tell y'all that my days have been running so much more smoothly after I sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit, like, uh, sis, it's bomb. So that's what I'm loving this week. Time with God, time in his presence. All right. Thank you. So if we don't have any other questions or comments, I want to thank y'all so much for joining me for this live recording of the Lovish podcast. And again, the waiting list is open for the retreat right now. And the link is on the screen or in the show notes. If you are listening, you are so welcome. Niasha, Niasha says, thanks. You are so welcome. Thank you to everybody that showed up and took time out of your day to join me for this live. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and I will talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for your questions, comments, and check-ins.